Hello and welcome to the twelfth episode of the TBD podcast. And uh, today, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a different episode. We're we're, we're going to be making another list. Hopefully, you guys like the last one. But um, sorry if there's any current events we've missed out on. This one's actually being filmed on the same Friday as episode eleven because um, I'm going to be on vacation for the next week, so we're not going to be able to film any episodes. And this will also be the only episode for the week. So sorry to all you fans, but I'll be back next week for the full three episodes uh, a lot of draft talk will be going down next week so all of you guys excited for the nba draft definitely stay tuned we're gonna be seeing some bangers but uh with all that being said i'm very excited to get into this list how you doing my man isaac obviously i'm doing well doing well and like you said you know the, the nba finals it's gonna be wrapped up by the time that you know we get back this is gonna be dropping on the wednesday so you guys will be seeing this on wednesday just a little midweek special so you know it's not anything dry i know a lot of you tbd podcast fans you're gonna be missing us so i'm gonna be, i know i'm gonna be missing you hayden but we're gonna be glad to have you back yeah. for the second half of our mock draft and a lot of draft stuff coming up so without further ado can i break the news to him what list we're gonna be doing today of course of course get right into it so obviously we did the top 10 all-time list today we're doing top 15 we stretch it out a little bit top 15 current players in the nba and without further ado let's get right into it Hayden. all right man coming in at the 15th spot on my list i think this is a little bit of a bold take i don't think he quite cracked the top 15 for most of you viewers but this is a guy who consistently steps up and drops crazy amounts of points in the playoffs so i really gotta give him the respect as a guy who's continued to show up and show out for his team it's donovan mitchell all right mm. I already viewed him as a top 20 player after his incredible playoff run last year. But having another one this year, as well as being the best player in the first seed in the West this year, I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. Best record in the NBA for his team this year. Uh, continues to step up every time there's a clutch moment. Even had some amazing games this playoffs. Well, uh, he was he was hurt. I mean, he missed the first game of that Memphis series. He came back game two and was immediately the best player in the series. And this guy, this guy is truly great, and I think uh, if we make this same list next year, he might be a few spots higher. So that's who I got at 15. Who you got? My 15th pick, you know, a lot of controversy over this guy the last year. You know, they call him a nickname that I don't like to see being a former OKC player. I call him Playoff P because he is a former Oklahoma. Paul George comes in at my 15th spot. I think this is a guy who we saw two years back. An MVP candidate, you know, he did get injured. This is a guy who has been that second guy for this, you know, L.A. Clippers team. He's been absolutely terrific. He can score, you know, he's a great three-level scorer. He can score inside the midi, got a great three ball. He can pass the ball. He's a great defender. Arguably, some people will start to, you know, underrate his defense. He's one of those guys who was a great defender, and he's made a lot of defensive teams in his past. He's one of those guys who I love seeing at 15. I know I'm not really sure if you have him in your top 15, obviously, 15 is, you know, the highest I could put him at due to all of his, you know, inconsistency. This is a guy who, you know, the playoffs is something that he gets overlooked at. And, you know, throughout the regular season, he's been a consistent 20-plus scorer throughout his career. And I think it's all the respect in the world that he finds himself in my 15 spot in my top 15 list. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great player. Didn't quite crack my list. Guys like him, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving. Devin Booker, all four of those guys, great, great players. Definitely honorable mentions, but they didn't quite crack my list. All right, so getting into the next player who did make my list coming in at 14 is Jimmy 
Butler. Obviously a disappointing playoff run this year, but I don't want to hear anything about him being a playoff choker because we saw him put up an amazing playoffs in the bubble 2020. Uh, I don't think a lot of players in this league would have got that key team to the playoffs. I think there's actually some guys I have higher on my list that still – or not to the playoffs, sorry, the finals. I think there's some guys higher on my list who uh, wouldn't have even got the key to the finals that year. So truly a magnificent performance by this guy. He's a great passer, great defender, rebounds well for a guy of his size. And uh, although he's not known as the greatest scorer in the world, he can put up big buckets when needs to. I mean, that's his nickname, Jimmy Bucket. So uh, I think he deserves a spot on this list, and he slides in for me at number 14. You know, that's a great pick. You're going to be hearing very, very soon Jimmy Bucket's on my list. For number 14 for me, though, one of the younger guys on my list, and that's yours truly, Hayden. Jason Tatum, he finds himself at my 14. Some might say he's a little too high. Some might say he's a little too low because this man is an absolute baller. You know, he's he's a guy who averaged almost 27, 28 a game last season, I believe. He's he's someone who can score the basketball. He can rebound the basketball, and he can pass the basketball. He's doing it all. I know he dropped a couple 50-point games. He's someone who's this young in his career, sitting at, you know, those you know, early 20s. I'm not really sure off the top of my head how old he is. Do you know how old he is? Is he like 22, 23? Jason Tatum, I'm pretty sure he's 23. 23. I mean, this is a young guy who's taken to the, his team to the playoffs at such a young age. A great guy. He's already been an all-star. I can see this man coming into the top 10. It's only a matter of time. He's so, you know, so consistent in his scoring. One of those guys who can just really do it all. And he's shooting the ball very efficiently throughout his career. And I think he's a guy who Without his scoring ability, he wouldn't crack my top 15 by any means. But this guy's an absolute hooper. He's been able to increase, you know, very drastically, averaging 14 in his rookie season. Now he's averaging 27. So this is a guy who's been increasing, increasing. I only see him going up from here, maybe cracking the top 10 within a year or two, no doubt in my mind. Coming at my number 14 spot, Jason Tatum. Yeah, and at, at 13, I got the future Hall of Famer, future MVP, Jason Tatum on my list. <laughs> Uh, this this is a guy who actually grown a little bit throughout his career. He's six foot ten. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant, although he's not quite at that level yet. Uh, he defends very well. He's improved his passing. He rebounds pretty well, and he's he's one of the best scorers this league has to offer. Uh, he can score so many different ways. Uh, he had the most fifty point games out of any player in the entire league this year, even more than Steph Curry, the scoring champion who uh, fell in in second for most 50-point games. He also had a 60-point game and a 29-point comeback, so truly a great performance by him there. There was no free points in that game. San Antonio was all up in him. You know Greg Popovich was trying his best to figure out some sort of strategy to slow the guy down, but nothing worked. Um, He even had a 50-point game and stole a win against a healthy Brooklyn Nets team. We saw the Bucs get some wins against an injured Brooklyn Nets team, but – Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant were all playing in the game. The Boston Celtics won against them. But it was just Jason Tatum who was the best player in the court that night and got his team a win. Four seasons, four playoff appearances, one time advanced to the second round, two times advanced to the conference finals. Truly a great resume for a player who's only been in the league for four seasons. And uh, that's that's my favorite player in the league, or maybe second favorite, him and Jalen Brown. I love them both a lot. Uh, And he falls in at 13 on my list. Yeah, I know we got a little flippy floppy here because my 13 is Jimmy Butler, just a guy who I know you mentioned, a great guy who can, you know, do it all, really. He's he's out there. He's doing it all. You know, a lot of people say, like you said, you know, it was it was a little bubble. They call them the bubble guppies, I've heard, you know, a little a little meme that's been going around is that. But that, that Heat team, they really were built around Jimmy Butler. This was a guy who he's built, you know, his passing 
his resume, you know, he was known as, you know, a, a very scrappy defender and a great scorer. But this is a guy who's developed, you know, the passing and playmaking throughout his career. And he's a guy who can run the point guard position for your team. He's going to really do it all on the floor. And he's going to leave it out on the floor. You know, we saw that, you know, iconic picture or video you could say in the finals where he kind of leans over on the on the scores table. He's going to leave it all. And he's a great guy who's got great hustle, great heart. And he, like I said, he's 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 developed that triple double into his game. I know he's dropped a couple throughout his career, but this is a guy who I love sitting at thirteen. I got him above Tatum and Paul George for reasons, like I said, the playmaking ability. He's able to do it all, and like like I said, also a scrappy defender, a guy that's he's a very scrappy defender. He's going to be able to guard you know the one through four even if he wants to because he's he's just got that that hustle in him. But he's he's you know he's going to keep the defender. He's going to keep the offensive players in front of him by any means that he really needs to. He's a great guy that I really love sitting at 13 and a guy that I really think for his age, really, and his his point is his career, I think it's honestly major props to Jimmy Butler ending up on my list at 13. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player, but uh, one kind of side note I just wanted to say is I swear to you guys listening to this, me and Isaac do not talk to each other when we make our list. We do not tell each other our list. It just yeah. uh, happens to work out that we have very similar lists, uh, at least uh, we're very early into this one, but it's already been pretty similar. For anyone who saw our top 10 all-time list, they're extremely similar. But that being said, I'm getting into my number 12. Uh, didn't quite become the scoring champ. He was very close. He's uh, got his team into the playoffs. Bradley Beal, one of the best scorers in the league. Great shooting guard. He can score from all three levels. Uh, he's, a, he's not a great defender, but he's not a liability there either. I uh, I mean, with, with Bradley Beal, really all there is to talking about is scoring, scoring, scoring. I mean, this guy can score with the best of them. Uh, great shooter, great free throw shooter. He can take you to the cup. He's got good handles. I mean, there's really no flaws in his scoring game, and uh, that brings him to the number 12 spot on this list, which really shows how great these other guys are because uh, not a lot of them are as good of scores as Bradley Beal, but they can do everything. And uh, that's the one issue I have with Beal. He's not the best passer not the best offender, so that's why it falls at 12. You know, I'm starting to think that we just have the same basketball mind because at number 12 for me is Bradley Beal. And like you said, Paul George and Jason Tatum, those are two guys who are great scorers, but this guy is the guy. Like, he's a scorer who – I think he averaged 29 a game, I want to say, off the top of my head. So this is a guy who, you know – He's a great scorer, and his scoring ability is so immeasurable that he just finds himself above those three guys that I mentioned. This is a guy who, like you said, doesn't pass the ball well, doesn't defend the ball really well, but he's just he's, he's one of those guys, another great three-level scorer who's going to get you to the cup, get it inside, score at will. He's also a great free throw shooter too. And, you know, he like you said, he, he can also shoot the three at a very high level, and mid-range is also a, a very high asset that he, you know, holds. But he hit all the points with the hammer. Number 12, Bradley Beal for me. All right, coming into a number 11, I think uh, me and you are definitely going to have a disagreement here because this is a guy that some people have as high as fifth on their list. All right, this this is definitely a bold take coming out of me. Call it Lakers hate. Call it what you want. Anthony Davis is the 11th best player in the NBA oh, right now. Wow. We saw even before his injuries this season, he was putting up about 22-8. and eight. I mean, I'm going to assume that uh, he's going to be better next season because 22-8 and eight doesn't crack my top 15, but – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He is a great defender, but I just – I don't think he has the right mindset when he plays the game. He clearly hasn't been as good with the Lakers as he was with the Pelicans. Even when they won the finals, he just wasn't as dominant of a player throughout the playoffs. He had a couple great games where he scored 40. But uh, he relies a little bit too much on his shooting ability, which it's great to have that his shooting ability. But uh, sometimes 
it can be a blessing and a curse because you look at a guy like Giannis who doesn't have that shooting ability and it makes him more aggressive to go to the cup. Sometimes Anthony Davis faces up a little too much when I think he should have his back to the basket. I think he should be dominating a lot of these guys on the inside instead of taking perimeter jumpers. Um, So I, I think that's my biggest issue with Anthony Davis. I think he's a top five or six most talented player in the league, but I think he doesn't necessarily utilize his talent in the best ways which makes him fall as low as number 11 on my list. You know, that's an interesting take. I don't have him too high on my list. Obviously, like you said, top five, I know a lot of people have, but the majority of them are Lakers fans, so they're going to give AD the benefit of the doubt there. But at number 11, you might call it a little questionable, a little a little too low for a lot of people's standards. We talked about him last episode, and that's Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard. He falls at number 11 for me, a great scorer, great finisher, Great three-point shooter, great passer. He can really do it all for you. He had another one of those dominant scores that finds himself sitting right outside the top 10. It's in that number 11 for me. This is a guy who, you know, I just loved his game in so many ways. Obviously, wasn't the biggest fan of him, you know, ending my playoff my playoff hopes for my OKC Thunder a couple years back in that great dagger. That was really the start of just absolutely changing the NBA as a whole. You know, I don't want to get too off topic here, but Damian Lillard, Obviously, Steph Curry, too. But Damian Lillard's taking these deep, deep shots on the regular. He's pulling up from the logo. This is a guy that you don't see all the time. Generational talent as far as shooting goes. And his shooting ability is absolutely outstanding. And I think that's why he finds himself at my number 11 spot. Another great, great asset to his game is his playmaking abilities, too. He's able to find the open man while scoring at such a high level. Something that Bradley Beal kind of doesn't really able to do. You know, he's scoring on a very high level, but he's not able to really address the playmaking game. I think Damian Lillard is someone who really can address the playmaking game, averaging those high playmaking stat lines. So this is a guy who I love, obviously a great scorer, like I mentioned, an all-star. Very, He's going to get multiple, multiple all-stars throughout his career. Already has a very great resume. Love to see a championship under his belt, potentially. Got to move off the Portland Trailblazers. Make sure you watch the last episode. We talked a lot about him. Number 11, Damian Lillard. Yeah, no, speaking of him, he's my number 10, Damian Lillard. Uh, really, I don't – there's not a lot of holes in this guy's game. I mean, he's, a, he's an above-average passer from the point guard position, but uh, we don't talk about Damian Lillard's passing when we talk about Damian Lillard. We're talking about one of the greatest scores um, from the point guard position, not of this generation, but of history. I mean, you take a look back at some of the all-time greats, guys like John Stockton and Magic Johnson, they don't score at his level, but only – Real point guards who do score at his level are guys like Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Uh, and it's a very short list when it's guys like Damian Lillard. I mean, he can score. Once he gets to 40 feet away from the basket, he's a threat from anywhere inside. He can go from – he can score from one foot away all the way out to 40. I mean, if you're, if you're defending him, you're really just lost out there. You don't know what to do because when he has that much space to work with, it's almost impossible to guard him. And most of the time, if Damian Lillard has a bad game – it's because Damian Lillard had a bad game. It's not because the defense implemented something to stop him because he's virtually unstoppable the way he plays the basketball game. And uh, he can shoot the lights out, but he's also aggressive and stronger than most guards, so he can take it to the cup. He can uh, finish on bigger guys. Uh, and he can he can also shoot the free throws very well. So uh, that's who I got at my number 10. I'm interested to hear your number 10. You know, my number 10, another guy. These These players are so great. So so efficient. Why they're sending that number? Hello, you're, you're number mic went out a little bit, Isaac. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, I think we're back. 
So my number 10, sorry for the technical difficulties there, but at my number 10 is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid finds himself at number 10. I know this is a guy who I know that you mentioned number 11, hasn't been named yet, but I'm going to give a little case for him. At number 10 for me is Joel Embiid. For many reasons, I feel like his game could be just increased so much, but injuries have obviously held him back. This is a guy who, at the beginning of the season, I know we've had some debates about this, I thought he was better than Jokic. I, I did. I know it was a very common debate. Obviously, he was in the MVP race this season. This is a guy who just absolutely dominates the inside, dominates the paint. He's literally bodying kids at will, you know, these very talented NBA centers, and he's just dominating them in the paint. But he's also been able to stretch out his game throughout his career and really develop a mid-range and a three-point shot even. And this is a guy who obviously dom- dominates the rebounds, standing at a very tall you know, height and wingspan. This is a guy who's dominated the rebounds, like I said. And he's also been able to pass the ball, you know, as far as the center goes. I know we've talked about a lot of times, you know, throughout this podcast, the league changing. But the center position has changed. And I think Joel Embiid coming into the league as really your traditional center has been able to develop into the NBA's standard big man. And he's now one of the NBA's standard big mans. He dominates the inside while being able to really develop, you know, that outside mid-range and three-point game. And I think this is a guy who we, we will see potentially Obviously, I think I think for sure he's going to be back in the MVP race. Hopefully, he can stay healthy throughout his career. I'd like to see him win an NBA championship because I love every, every part about Joel Embiid. And that's why he finds himself at my number 10. Yeah, I mean, Embiid's a great player. And uh, we're going to find ourselves continuing to talk about him because uh, he comes up next at my list at number nine. Uh, I think I fancy him a little bit more than you. Obviously, I have him a spot higher. And uh, you haven't named Anthony Davis yet, so I assume you think Anthony Davis is the better big man. But... All the stuff I was talking about with Anthony Davis, he's, sometimes he's afraid to dominate. That's just the complete opposite with Joel Embiid. He loves to dominate. He'll, he'll put his back to the basket if there's a guy who's smaller than him. He'll, t- he'll take a couple dribbles, turn around, and just dunk it right on that guy's head. He's got no fear in his game. Uh, he attacks the basket. Um, he can shoot the three ball well. He, he makes his free throws, and he's extremely good at drawing contact. Uh, sometimes as a Celtics fan, I think he gets a, a few too many calls against my team, but uh, – at the end of the day, if he's utilizing the refs' uh, lack of uh, talent at their job to his advantage, all power to him. You know, you're allowed to do that in the confines of the rules. You're allowed to uh, draw contact and try to get to the line, and he does it very well. He's a guy who I've seen take 20-plus free throws in playoff games. I believe in the Atlanta series, he had a game where he shot uh, 20 of 24 from the line, something around that. So he's great at getting to the line. But even when he's not getting to the line, he's an amazing scorer. Um, and then uh, scoring and, and rebounding and all that, he's all great at that. But that's only half of the game. So let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, where on a team with Ben Simmons, who a lot think he's one of the best defenders in the NBA, I think Joel Embiid's the best defender on that team. He's a mm. great defender. Uh, I think he's probably the second-best interior defender in the NBA to only Rudy Gobert. I mean, he dominates the interior and uh, one thing he has over a guy like Rudy Gobert is he's got a little speed to him. He, he can guard the perimeter when he when needed to. He can switch on pick and rolls. Uh, he's a great defender, great offensive player. And uh, him being at ninth on my list just shows how um, abundant this league is with talent. Yeah, and at number nine for me, someone that you named at number 11, you know, you weren't too high on, and that's Anthony Davis. You know, not too high on my list, but I think this is a respectable spot to put him. And for many reasons, obviously, I know you've mentioned he's he's really, you know, turned to his shooting ability, and sometimes he shoots the ball 
a little too much. But this is a guy who, you know, obviously he's taking a dip with the injuries. But last season he was dominant. This season before his injury, he was still very good, playing at a very high level. And this is a guy who dominates the inside when he wants to. And he's the guy a little mid-range on him. But I think the reason why I do have him above Embiid is because I think he's an absolute fantastic defender inside too. Obviously, four-time all-defense and a three-time block champ. So this guy, he can block the ball, very high, versatile wingspan that he holds, and he's quick. He can keep defender, he can keep offensive players in front of him when he wants to, and that just really complements his offensive game to perfection, in my opinion. Obviously, you said the three ball is something that you didn't really like because you think he shoots it a little more than he should. But, you know, this is a guy who, like I've mentioned multiple times, one of the reasons why the game has changed is because this guy is running the center. I know he doesn't really prefer the center spot for the team, but this is a guy who can run the center, and when he does, he's very dominant. Why I find him on my number nine spot within the top 15. Yeah, and uh, getting into it, another guy that I think I might have a little later on my list than a lot of you guys. Uh, this is a guy who has a very annoying fan base, in my opinion. Um, I actually used to be a part of his fan base. I used to be a big fan of this guy, but uh, his play style and his new team has turned me off of him a little bit, and that is James Harden. Uh, it's very frustrating for me to watch sometimes with him drawing all those fouls and all that ridiculousness, but he's he truly is a great player. I mean, we've talked about great scores. This guy is arguably the best scorer in our game right now. I'm sure Kevin Durant, Steph Curry would have something to say about that, but he's right up there with those guys. I mean, he's he's easily the best at drawing fouls of all time. I was talking about Embiid earlier, but – there's just nobody on the level of James Harden when it comes to getting to the line. He's a dude who averaged 17 free throws a game one season. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, great by you, James Harden. Uh, he's had 36 point per game seasons while still averaging around 10 assists per game. He's an elite playmaker, one of the top playmakers in this game. Great rebounder for the guard position. Uh, I still think he's below average on the defensive side of the ball, but he's definitely improved there. At one point, people were considering him the worst defender that the National Basketball Association has to offer. I definitely don't think he's in that conversation anymore. But I still think he is a little below average, especially on the perimeter. He's pretty solid in the paint for a guy of only six foot five height, but on the perimeter, he's nothing special. And um, I mean, he's a good player, but he's he's had a lot of big moments where he fell short of the mark. So uh, I think that's why he's at eight instead of top five. I think that's a that's a great point. You will be seeing James Harden a little a little bit later on my list, but at not my number eight is the reigning MVP, the Joker, Nikola Jokic. He finds himself at number eight for me. This is a guy who I saw you know being in the later top fifteen to kind of fifteen to ten spot before the season started. You know, obviously, like I said, I I thought Embiid was better than him. But he's really proven his worth this season, just being an absolutely outstanding big man, someone who can dominate inside. Like This man is crazy inside. I watched him play against – when this man doesn't have a center on him, he's not going to miss. I saw OKC, you know, during the season, they tried to run Isaiah Roby at the center position. And Nikola Jokic literally looked at him and was like, all right, what, what, is, what, what are y'all doing to me? This guy is going to dominate that man, and he did just that. And he can do it against the top defenders, you know, interior defenders in the league because he's absolutely dominant. He's great in the post. He's great inside. And he's got a three ball. He can shoot the three if he wants to. But not only that, the reason why he finds himself at number eight for me is just his playmaking ability. An absolutely outstanding passer for his height, for his weight, and for his position that he plays. He's a great defense or a great, great assister playmaker that he is. 
able to pass the ball. I know he averaged about eight assists, I believe, this past season, and he's averaging high rebounds too. You know, someone, a lot of people call him lazy. He's able to get down, you know, get get in there, be a, a defender if he really tries to. He's a great defender. And, um, you know, he's able to rebound the basketball. He's able to rebound it at a high level, you know, something that, you know, bigs should be able to do. He's able to, you know, rebound the ball well, score the ball well, and have fantastic playmaking ability. Easily the best center as far as playmaking goes. And I think he's the best center that our league has to offer. Obviously, the MVP is something that he can put under his resume and say, hey, I'm the reigning MVP. I'm the best center. I know obviously he wouldn't come out and say that, but that's something that I believe he 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 should have, and that's why he finds himself at number eight. Yeah, coming in at number seven for me is that man, the Joker, the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast, but it's no secret between me and my friends. This is my favorite player that is not on the Celtics. Absolutely love this man. Uh, he wore his shirt when he won MVP. It said "Jokes on you." A little play on his nickname, but I felt that too. I've been I've been preaching about this guy for many years to my friends. Some of them uh, didn't necessarily side with me. Um, I said he was better than Anthony Davis before this season, which was an extremely hot take. But now it's now it's a bit of a not hot take. I think it's a more of a lukewarm take now. I think most yeah. people would agree with me on that. He's he's the best big in basketball. I mean, this is the MVP, and um. What he really showed to me this season and last season in the playoffs is that, yeah, he's a great playmaker. He's a great rebounder. He's a decent interior defender. But he's also an elite scorer because just a couple of years ago, he was he was like a 19-point-per-game scorer who relied a little bit more on his playmaking than his scoring. But this year, it really showed that he can score that ball. I mean, he, he's dominant in the paint, like you said, especially when there's not an elite defender on him. I know DeAndre Aiden gives him some problems, but, um, I mean, we saw Nurkic, who's a well-respected center. Everybody thinks he's a pretty good center in this league. I mean, he made Nurkic look like uh, he was me out there trying to guard Jokic. So, I mean, Jokic is really just dominant, whether it's a post-hook, a post-fadeaway. And then uh, I talked about three-pointers with these other centers and how it's not necessarily the best thing for them. But with Jokic, it is a good thing for him because he shoots it at such a high level. I mean, he doesn't even have to be open. I've seen him launch threes with a defender in his face, and they still go in a lot of a lot of times. I mean, he's, he shoots a good clip from out there, a good percentage. And um, a lot of times, I mean, we got DeMontis Sabonis, a good player in this league, but uh, I think his father's a little more well-known than him, Arvidas Sabonis. And a lot of people ask, you know, he was a good player, but what if he came into the NBA when he was in his prime? And I think if he came into the NBA when he was in his prime, he would be a great, great player. And if you take prime Arvidas Sabonis in the NBA and give him good handles as well, then you have what Nikola Jokic is in the NBA. This guy is truly something special. He's at seven on my list right now. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, he's already shocked everyone else. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, I'm the last person for him to shock. And maybe next year I consider him a top five player. Yeah, and honestly, you know, at the beginning of the season, I know, like you said, Anthony Davis, you said you thought he was better than Anthony Davis. And a lot of people, you know, I know a lot of our friends that we know found it as a shock, but now, like you said, not really a bold take because this man is the reigning MVP and he's got great stats behind him. And speaking of great stats, at my number seven position, I know a guy that I'm expecting you to be naming very, very soon, and that is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, one of the youngest players in my – I think he is he is the youngest player in my top 15 and for many reasons. Like, I can't even begin to explain the amount of talent that this man comes comes in and offers in the NBA. Obviously, overseas players are hit or miss. 
Dallas Mavericks making an absolutely outstanding trade on draft night for a guy that came into the league rookie season averaging 21, 7, and 8. Almost 8 rebounds a game. He, he was absolutely outstanding coming into the league, and he's only gotten better from here. He's built up his playmaking. He's built up his rebounding. And he's just scoring at absolutely a tremendous and high octane that he's been able to do it at. You know, a lot of people call him, you know, not the obviously not the greatest defender in the world. You know, he's on the a little bit bigger size for the point guard position. He's not that fast. But this just all obviously all goes to waste when you just see his scoring ability. He's shooting up shots where he's fading away off of one foot from about 30 feet out and just draining it. Just crazy stuff. He's doing absolutely outstanding playmaking moves. It would make the defenses look absolutely silly out there. And then this is a guy who, this young in his career, he's only been in the playoffs twice, and he's averaged 30 or more points in both playoff appearances. He averaged 35, 10, and 7 in the playoffs. Absolutely outstanding, just carrying his team. And able to turn these, you know, mediocre Dallas, Dallas Mavericks players into looking like great role players who really develop and look like they belong in this league because he's able to find them, hit the open man at a very high percentage. And he's also shooting the ball at a high percentage. He shot 56% inside the paint, 49% total within the playoffs. Just an absolute bucket on both sides of the basketball. Obviously, talking about, you know, playmaking and scoring-wise, this is a guy who I obviously see in the top five very soon. And I think he's going to end up being within that top 15, top 20 of all time. You know, you might call it a bold take now, but this man is so young in his career. He's got so much talent. It's only up from here from this kid. All right, coming in at number six for me, it's the guy you just mentioned, Luka Doncic. And this this might be one of the players I talk about for the longest because I, I got a lot to say about this guy. All right, and it comes from – Somehow Luca Don or well first thing first actually I'd like to congratulate him uh 2K22 cover athlete that's true good for him congratulations you know, getting some Young good recognition career. uh but I really see a lot of disrespect to Luca he's become underrated which think about the other young stars in this league Devin Booker Jason Tatum Trey Young um Donovan Mitchell all these guys have so much hype behind them so much praise I mean we've even heard some ridiculous takes about these guys people thinking they're already better than like Kevin Durant, crazy stuff like that. But then Luka Doncic, you just don't hear any of that stuff. You hear stuff like the Hawks won the trade. Trey Young's better than him. All these ridiculous things people have to say about him. And I just don't see why. Why isn't there the same level of hype around him when he's better than all of those guys? And also I see some people saying, you know, oh, like Hayden, you know, you, you, can't, you can't say he's better than Anthony Davis already. You can't say he's better than Harden already. But my question is, why not? When has he shown that he, he he doesn't show up in clutch moments? When has he shown that he's not going to put up a 38-point triple-double in a big game? He continues to play great when it matters most. And in the regular season, he's an amazing player too, but he somehow takes it up another level in the playoffs. I mean, I see nothing short of offensive greatness from this guy. We've talked about offensive players all over this list, but this guy is just on a different level than those other guys because not only is he one of the best scorers in this league, but he also playmates at a different level than even James Harden, who I mentioned earlier as a great playmaker. I mean, there's this guy is, is amazing. Uh, I think next season when we make our list again, he's probably going to fall in my top three next year if he can take another minor step forward and hopefully crack into the second or third round if uh, Dallas decides to give him a little bit of help. But this guy, is, he's just something else. I mean, he 
he does it all. He doesn't have bad games in the playoffs. I mean, we saw him with a hurt shoulder. I believe it was game five against the Clippers. Everyone thought the Clippers were going to win. They had some momentum. Luke had a hurt shoulder, like I just said. Came out, had an absolute masterclass, got the Mavericks the win. This guy's ridiculous. And it's time for people to start taking a notice on it because I don't want everybody to look dumb when this guy's the best player in the league a couple years from now and everyone to look like stupid because they were saying Trey Young was better. I I mean, this is an extremely hot take, but Luka is closer in skill to Michael Jordan than he is to Trey Young. I just want that to be known. He's way better than Trey Young, and that's with all due respect to Trey Young. But just purely skill-wise, he's closer to Jordan than Trey Young, and I truly believe that. Trey Young is not in my top 15, and I think when all is said and done, Luka's going to be in my top 15 ever. Yeah, obviously, like I, like I said, too, I obviously think he's going to end up being in, in my top 15, top 20 ever, too, because this is a guy at such a young age. He's getting high triple doubles. He's getting high points, high assists, high rebound. He's literally doing it all for this Dallas Mavericks team. And I really think you put a very – you put a solid team behind this team, this kid, and he's doing exactly what Trey Young was doing. He's, he's making it to the conference finals, obviously in a very – very heavy and competitive Western Conference, but you get the, you get this kid a good team, and the sky's the limit already. I mean, he's already dominating with these guys that he has on the Mavericks. I only see it going up from here. And with that being said, at my number six spot is James Harden, the guy that you had number eight. I just see this guy, obviously, I, I 100% believe next season Luka will be in front of him just because of all the great stuff that we just mentioned of him. But James Harden has just taken – he's taken the game to another level. As far as the step-back game – really become a signature move and been able to create space. One of the best, one of the best shot creators that this league has to offer. I know you said that in one of the seasons he averaged 17 free throws a game. It's honestly unheard of as far as, you know, the game goes, especially in a point guard position. You know, you see him getting 17 free throws. He's knocking 15, 16 of these down every game. He's developed the free throw has been, you know, arguably his second best scoring wise as far as he goes. Obviously he has a great three-pointer a great, you know, inside floater game that he has to offer. Not the greatest defender. But, you know, we've seen a lot of times in the playoffs, you know, I know this season for sure, you know, waving off those bigger guys because he wants Giannis in the paint. And he was able to defend him in the paint because he's got that, you know, bigger buffer type, you know, build. He's on the bigger side of things. And he's able to defend, you know, in the paint, defend these, you know, smaller guards, you know, at will if he really tries to. I think if he really, you know, buys into the fact that, you know, I know a lot of people find him as, you know, lazy on the defensive end. But when he is locked in, we can see him, you know, creating himself on the defensive end. As far as his offensive game going, don't even get me started on his playmaking ability. Obviously averaging 10 assists on multiple seasons now. A great dribble-double scorer that the league has to offer. And a great scorer, playmaker, and rebounding. Something that we don't see a lot of times, you know, guards grabbing. I know Russell Westbrook is really the guy that changed it all for the league. And James Harden was right behind him following and just an absolutely outstanding player that the league has the offer and why he sits at my sixth spot. All right, man. Uh, I think we've both had some solid lists so far, but now we get into the, 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 big know, the juicy part, the, t- the top yeah. five players, which, I, I mean, I think we really get into the top players once we got to eight and down was the real, you know, creme de la crop players. But top five is always the most interesting. You know, it's always people want to know who are the top five players and here are our top five players, starting for me, the guy who's playing in the finals right now, the Greek freak, the most consistent player in the Bucks, uh, according to some people, the Robin of the Bucks. But uh, I definitely think he's 
he's the Batman on that squad, but uh, he's not even a Batman. He's more of a Superman if you watch the way he plays and uh, flies through the air on some of these ridiculous dunks and uh, even that ridiculous, crazy block on DeAndre Aiden the other night. This guy's, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I was just talking about Luka Doncic, but uh, this guy I think is going to be um, his biggest rival throughout his career. I like that they're both in different conferences because I could see them matching up in the finals several times throughout their careers. They're both great and young and have amazing futures. But the reason this guy's over Lucas, I mean, he's a two-time MVP, and these these weren't a while ago. These were just uh, a, a year ago and two years ago. He's a defensive player of the year as well, which is his major advantage over a guy like Luka Doncic. Um, he scores the ball extremely well, two 40-point games in the finals. I never want to hear ever again that, you can just do the Giannis wall and shut this guy down in the playoffs. On the highest level there is against a good defensive team in Phoenix, back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals. This guy is just ridiculous. Um, I don't have much else to say about this guy, but he slides in at number five for me. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing we have five players in mind. They're just going to come out different orders because at number five for me is Kawhi Leonard. They call him the claw. Board man, you know, a lot of fun nicknames this guy has because he's he's honestly, he's, he's a robot out there. You know, he's going to go out, he's dropping big buckets, but an absolutely outstanding defender, you know, two-time defensive player of the year. And, you know, he's an NBA Finals winner multiple times, two-time NBA champ with the Spurs and Raptors. And there's just not, there's so much to say about this guy. He's, he's one of those guys who just, you know, obviously before he went down, you know, prayers up to him. I know it came out a couple of days ago that he did have a little tear in his MC, MCL, I believe. So, obviously, prayers up to him and hope he gets well. But, you know, the games that he was playing in before he went down in those playoffs, he literally got a dead-eye mid-range. You know, a lot of things in the beginning of his career, you saw it was honestly his defense. His defense was what really carried him throughout his career, gave him the name that he has today, the claw, one of the biggest hands I've Pretty big hands, but Kawhi Leonard's got ginormous hands in himself, and he's got absolutely outstanding defensive ability as far as stealing and blocking goes. You know, he's able to snatch block if he really tries to. This is a guy, though, that has developed his mid-range game, developed his three-point game, developed his inside game as the league has, you know, progressed and as he's gotten older, and it's absolutely been outstanding And why he finds himself in my top five, because he's been so dominant, you know? Sometimes you see people overlooking his offensive ability, but I think that his offensive ability is honestly starting to become a little underrated because of how dominant he is in the mid-range and inside. You know, he's also he had one of the absolutely nastiest posters we've seen of the postseason, destroying Maxi Kleba and then having him a deadly stare down. This guy, nothing phases him. He's able to knock down big shots in big moments. That's why he falls in the number top five spot for me. Huh. Your your audio cut out very briefly in the middle there, but I think you made a reference to soups, which is uh, very very funny um, when we're talking about big hands. But Kawhi's actually a guy who's gonna fall a little bit higher on my list, coming in at number four. Uh, I know I know a lot of people are saying uh, you're just you're a hater, Hayden. This this guy's the best player in the league. He's the best player ever. But I think LeBron James at this age, after sustaining an injury, I think he falls at number four for me. I mean, this is a guy who. I mean, a lot consider him the GOAT, and I consider him uh, very arguably the GOAT. Uh, he's not my GOAT, but he's very close. Um, but I just don't think we're going to be able, able to see the same LeBron that we're used to seeing anymore. 
which the fourth best player in the NBA is still a great, great accomplishment. But he's not going to be quite what he was before. I think he's he's lost half a step, not even a full step after these injuries. And like I said, he's going to be 38 next season. I mean, it's just a lot to overcome. LeBron has surprised me before, so I'll be ready to eat my words if he does. But um, until then, he's sliding in at the number four spot for me. And um, because the reason I think he still is going to be the fourth best player instead of a lot lower on this list is because he's still going to have that elite, elite playmaking ability. In my opinion, the best playmaker this league has to offer. And I think he'll still be an elite scorer. We're just not going to see those 46-point playoff games that we're used to seeing from LeBron. I think we'll see more 26-point playoff games out of LeBron, but accompanied with 10 or 11 assists. So I still think he's a great player. He's still falling in in my top five, but usually falls in at number one. And this year, he's coming in at number four. That's a very interesting take that I, I, I'm honestly surprised to hear. But at my, at my number four spot is a guy that you previously named, and that's um the Greek freak himself, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, one of the one of the great defenders that we have. Obviously, uh, defensive player of the year and an MVP, two-time MVP and potentially on his way to his first NBA Finals if all goes well. This is a guy who finds himself above Kawhi because of his, you know, MVP ability, someone who's won MVP twice. He's dominated, and like you said before, this wasn't just a couple years ago. This wasn't like five, seven years ago. This was literally last year, two years ago. This was something that happened very previously. And like you said also, someone about that wall, this is a guy who dropped 40 points in the Finals the highest level, like you also mentioned, but he also dropped 28 points on the season. He's been able to get inside. Obviously, something one of the weakest moments, points of his game is his shooting ability, but I think it's just all overlooked by his absolute dominance inside the paint. He's able to grab almost 11 rebounds a game this past season, dominating the inside at will. Obviously, one of the great finishers that we have to see and have to offer in the league, finding himself at the number four spot. Obviously, I can see him falling even more depending on how this NBA Finals goes. Obviously, he's a great player, great, outstanding man defensively, great, you know, obviously has great hands, great great agility, great quick first step that he holds. Find himself sitting at number four for me. Yeah, coming in at number three, I got a guy you've already uh, listed off at fifth, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think he's great. I'm a little bit higher on him than most people, uh, although I've seen a man on TikTok say he's way better than Larry Bird. I'm not that high on Kawhi, but uh, he's – He's a great player. He shoots the three a lot better than people talk about. It's mostly talk about his mid-range and his inside game like you just were, which uh, I'm not taking a shot or anything at you, but he's also got a great three-point shot. He's a three-level scorer, as I've mentioned about a lot of these guys, because, I mean, this is these are the highest-class players in the league, so most of them can score at all three levels. Um, he's got a good three-point shot, probably the best mid-range shot in the entire league. Um, the way he just elevates and it's a line drive because he's so high in the air, he barely even puts any arc on it. And it seems like it confines the bottom of the net every single time it leaves his hands. Uh, he's also elite in, on the interior side too. We, you mentioned that dunk on Maxi Kleba. He's, he's had many other great dunks uh, a couple of seasons ago. He had a great one on uh, one of my fan favorite players, Daniel Tice. He absolutely <laughs> baptized that man on live television. It hurt to see as a Celtics fan, but uh He's a great player. And the thing about Kawhi, too, just like I mentioned with Luka, he's just a playoff performer. He just goes out there and performs in the playoffs. I mean, one of the greatest playoff runs 
any player in this league currently has was his run with the Raptors in 2019. Truly amazing stuff. He was putting up 37-point games, 41-point games, left and right. And uh, obviously, we saw one of the clutchest shots in NBA history against the Philadelphia 76ers. Call it luck if you want. Haters going to hate. He bagged that shot, and he bagged that NBA championship in 2019, grabbing his second NBA Finals. And obviously, we all hate injuries because I think he would have been getting his third NBA Finals and his third NBA Finals MVP it wasn't for him going down with that injury this year. Yeah, obviously finding him at your number three spot is a, a great, a great, honestly, honor to be because obviously these, these players are so great. At nine, at my number three spot is the greatest shooter of all time, and that is Steph Curry. He falls on my number three spot for obvious reasons. Obviously, a, a multiple-time NBA champ, an MVP, first-ever unanimous MVP that I know we mentioned a couple episodes ago. And obviously a great scorer at the age that he's at, able to grab the scoring title at the at an average of 30 a game. Obviously, this was a kind of questionable season that he had because of, you know, the team that he had. Questions, are, you know, came up. Is he going to be able to maintain the high level? Was it just because of the team that he was behind? He really erased all of those rumors, all of those, you know, topics of on him. And he, he created the narrative that he is that guy. And he, if he wasn't already – He's he's a top player in this league. Find himself at number three for me, because all honestly, besides you know, I know a lot of people talk about his three point ability, the greatest three point shooter of all time. You know, a great a great scorer. At, you know, you could say, and he's a great playmaker. You know, came into the league being a great playmaker. Obviously, at Davidson was a great playmaker, and in the NBA, never shy from great. He's obviously been able to maintain that playmaking ability. He's you know honestly not the greatest defender in the league, being on the small side as far as guards go able to average a couple steals a game really throughout his career and find himself in my number three spot for obvious reasons matter respect to chef curry himself steph curry find himself in my number three spot it's interesting to hear that name um but you're not about to hear him right now my number two is kevin durant the best scorer in the nba seven feet tall great handle absolutely unguardable he showed it against the bucks um and I hate to be talking about flaws with this guy because I feel like I haven't really mentioned any of the flaws of these other players. I don't want to sound like a hater. Kevin Durant is great. He's one of the all-time greats. He'll be remembered throughout basketball's history. And you really can't tell the story of M- of the NBA without mentioning Kevin Durant's name. But the reason he falls in at number two instead of number one is because he lacks the playmaking ability the guy I have at number one. And I just feel like Kevin Durant, He's he, he he elevates himself, you know. He does what Kevin Durant's gonna do, but I don't think he's taking his teammates to another level. I think he just worries about himself. He does his job and he does it as well as anybody else in the league does. But I don't think the players around him are getting any better because they're playing alongside Kevin Durant, and that's why he falls at number two. No disrespect to him though, being the second best player in the NBA, as stacked as it is right now, is a great honor, and he's truly a great player and uh, one of the best scorers of all time. Yeah, that's a great point. You're going to be hearing from him very soon, but not just yet for me because at number two, I have someone that you were number four. I was pretty surprised about, but obviously I thought that you were going to be surprised that I had him at number two, but then it's obviously here you had him at number four, and that's LeBron James, someone who, you know, obviously going down in the GOAT conversation, people think, especially than MJ, I know me and you, we don't agree on many NBA topics, but we can agree on one thing, that the GOAT is Michael Jordan himself. And, you know, LeBron James, don't want to discredit him in any way. Obviously, he's taking a massive step back, but that's honestly age. 
And something that I know you picked up on when you mentioned him at number four is his playmaking ability. He's obviously getting a little older. Obviously, like you said, turning 38, I believe, this year. Um, someone that's, you know, the playmaking ability is something that you can maintain while your age goes up, and he's been able to excel at it, you know. He really realized that he's getting a little older. He's getting a little bit, you know, older in age, slowing down a little bit. But don't don't dis- discredit him in any way. He's still throwing that down, you know, iconic dunks at the age of 37. It's absolutely outstanding. You know, the al- amount of, you know, athletic ability that he still holds at his age, obviously, last year, previous year since he's been in the league, he's been at number one, falling in number, my two, number two spot. But no discredit to the absolute GOAT. King James himself, great scorer, great playmaker, great rebounder, and a pretty underrated defender, I'd say. Obviously, you see him just standing around at times, but he finds himself at my number two spot for obvious reasons, King James. Uh, I like like the two guys me and you have number one. Obviously, they're always going to be etched together in history for the time they spent together in Golden State. Um, But the one I'm going with, I've mentioned with Durant. Perfect scoring, just not quite enough playmaking. I mentioned with LeBron, perfect playmaking, just not quite enough scoring. But then with this guy at number one, you got the perfect balance of both. Uh, fire and ice, you know, he's perfectly balanced. He does everything well. And it's Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, I think he just truly just runs the offense perfectly out of a point guard. I think you can ask for nothing too much better out of your point guard. Um, obviously, on our all-time list. I had Magic Johnson a little bit higher than him, but um, Steph's on that same level. And when he finishes his career, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, I think he's better than Magic. And um, I mean, look at what he's accomplished: three rings, um, two MVPs, the first unanimous MVP ever. He just runs the offense so well. He shoots it so well. He's so unstoppable. Amazing with the ball. Amazing without it off the ball. Um, and then the big thing here too that just puts him over Kevin Durant. I've seen him win a ring without that super stacked team in Golden State. He won one before Durant, and um, he really earned my respect. And uh, he shows he he's elevated his teammates. He's made Clay Thompson into what he is. No disrespect to Clay, I think Clay would be great on any other team, but I don't think he'd be quite as great. And I mean, he's he made he's helped Draymond have a great career. He he made guys like Harrison Barnes look elite for a little while. So. All the respect to Steph, and I truly believe he's the best player this league has to offer. Yeah, obviously you said the two players that we have go pretty hand-in-hand because spending a lot of time, you know, I know it might surprise a couple people because being the Oklahoma City fan that I am, and I know a lot of you guys know that, but I just, I can't discredit, you know, I know a lot of people call him the cupcake, but in my eyes, I see him as the greatest player this league has to offer, and that's Kevin Durant. And for many reasons, he's just absolutely outstanding. He's the best pl- He's the best scorer this team, this um, league has to offer as a whole. He's an absolutely outstanding scorer. He's going to get it done. A seven-foot, you know, Godzilla, people have said. They call him the Durantula. He's got absolutely magnificent wingspan. He can stretch the floor if he really wants to. He's, a you know, a below-average playmaker, like you said. But, you know, don't discredit him in any way. Seven-foot guy running around and shooting at will. It would have drained the three. Drain, drain the middies and drain the inside if he really wants to, able to get down, obviously on the skinnier side, but don't discredit him at all because I think he's an absolute magnificent scorer. I know we've named guys on my list like Paul George, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, you know, guys like that really develop in their scoring. This guy is an amazing scorer, and I don't want to discredit him in any way of his playmaking ability, but this is someone who honestly I believe is the greatest player 
that this league has to offer at the current moment in time because of this season, to be honest with you. You know, throughout his career, he's played with a lot of great all-stars. You know, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, so many stars that this man has played through and played with. But we saw this season, you know, James Harden hurt, Kyrie hurt. They were out for periods of time. This guy came in, and he was able to dominate. You know, the, you know these guys were out for extended periods of time. He came in and was still able to perform at a high level. And that's why he finds himself on my number one spot for this, you know, top 15 and wraps up my top 15. Your top 15 was very respectable. And I believe that this was a great little top 15 that we were both able to provide. And Kevin Durant finds himself on my number one spot. Obviously, I'm not sure if there's a little bit of technical difficulties on Hayden's side, but I think that's going to wrap up episode 11 of this podcast, episode 12 of this podcast, my bad. Like we said before, there's a little bit of a scrappy episode. You know, we performed this last minute for you guys. This was, um, you know, filmed on the Friday night after the episode 11. You know, Hayden's going away. We're going to miss him for that week. I'm just going to give you guys a little upcoming things of what's going on with this podcast. So we got... This, this podcast will be dropping on Wednesday when you guys see this. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. This is going to be a middle-of-the-week podcast. We won't be on Monday and Friday. You guys will obviously hear about that, you know, maybe Sunday or Monday. We'll see how the, you know, week plays out as a whole. But we're going to be dropping this on the Wednesday. This is going to go into next week. We're going to have stuff like, you know, the NBA draft coming up. We're going to overview the rest of the NBA finals because that will be completed. We're going to be very excited. Hopefully my playoff predictions come true. We're going to see if Hayden's come true as well, you know, and then we're going to get into the NBA draft, have a couple of guests, reoccurring guests join us again, have some new guests, have some new breakdowns for you of the NBA. It's going to be a very good time. You know, obviously a lot of big things coming up. This is a small podcast, but, you know, looking to grow it every single day. Make sure to share with a friend. Follow us on our socials at TBD Podcast Official on Instagram and TikTok. We're going to see you guys on the next time. Peace.